WHT, New York City. Welcome to Hot 97's Street Soldiers, the hottest talk on radio. Hosted by Lisa Evers. I'm so glad you're joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm policing the police. I'm your host, Lisa Evers, on Twitter, at Lisa Evers, Instagram, Lisa Evers Live. And TJ's going to take a picture of us here in studio and post it in just a moment. And you can post your comments on my Instagram page, at Lisa Evers Live. Uh, hashtag justice, the number four, all. Justice, the number four, all. And we'll read some of them on the air. Also, this is a good moment to text your family and friends and tell them to tune in right now. And there's so many ways to do that. 97.1 FM, as you know, in New York City and the Tri-State. You can listen to our online stream across the United States. That's on Hot97.com and everywhere on your phone using the iHeartRadio app or TuneIn app. And it's a good thing to just have on your phone. This way you don't have to miss any of your favorite Hot 97 shows. And you can hear the show all over again right after we're off the air for free on LisaEvers.com. Just click on the show audio. Our question, our focus, who should police the police? Give us a call right now, 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. And we'd especially like to hear from you if you're a protester who's been out on the streets these last 10 days here in New York City, or if you're a police officer and have a point of view about that, because a lot of issues coming up with the police, new issues as we speak. 1-800-223-9797. one 800 223 9797. Now, tens of thousands of protesters of all races, all different age groups of unprecedented diversity have been taking to the streets again here in New York yesterday with a million march NYC in Washington, D.C. and in other cities around the country to protest the lack of charges against police officers involved in the deaths of Mike Brown and Eric Garner, as well as targeted policing and racial profiling in communities of color. But what is the ask? What is the action plan? What can really change? Because now what we're starting to hear from people is, yeah, there's a lot of marches, there's a lot of protests, but what's really going to happen? Is anything ever really going to be different? Are young men of color who are not doing anything wrong, not engaged in any criminal activity... Will they continue to be stopped by police for no apparent reason? How far away? 50 years now. I was just looking this week at some YouTube videos of Dr. Martin Luther King, that Selma march. Some of the things he was saying, justice for all, talking about justice for all. Is our generation going to be the one that just follows hashtags with our noses to our phones, with our heads down? Are we going to raise our heads up, lift our heads up, and get the big picture and see, okay, this is a moment. This is our moment, our generation moment to advance the discussion, to advance the progress, and to really try to fulfill that dream of racial equality for everyone, where everyone, regardless of their skin color, regardless of their economic situation, what community they're in, receives equal uh, treatment and equal protection under the law, and where we really live the dream that's promised to us in the United States Constitution. So I think it's about more than just a hashtag and getting out there on the streets. It's a real moment. You look back at the civil rights moment. Yeah, they were on the streets. They were putting their bodies on the line, and they were also. But they also had an agenda, a specific legislative agenda, and different, like the Voting Rights Act, for example, and other things. So, what's the agenda here? What is the ask? What do people really want? 
want. Is anything going to come of this or are we just going to slide into the holiday season as some people would hope? People get into the party mode, New Year's Eve, whatever, and then this all goes away until the next tragic incident occurs? Or is this a real turning point? Is this a real moment for change? That's what we're asking you right now. one 800 223 9797. That's 1 800 223 9797. Now, on Saturday, yesterday here in New York City, there were tens of thousands of protesters, mostly peaceful, who took to the streets. And a lot of the New York protests have been, in terms of the numbers, in terms of the fact that there was no organized leadership for a lot of it, extremely peaceful. People conducted themselves. In a, in a very thoughtful manner, a very conscious manner. But yesterday, something happened on the Brooklyn Bridge where the NYPD says two police officers uh, two, who were actually legal observers, they had NYPD legal department jackets on, they were on the Brooklyn Bridge. They were attacked by protesters. One of the police officers which was injured so severely, he was kicked and beaten in the head. They broke his nose. They tried to take his jacket. They tried to take their guns and their radios. And it was one of the people that was uh, apparently, according to police, the instigator in this had a bag with him that had hammers in it, that had hammers that still had the price tags on them in it. So I don't know why you would need that going into a protest. We don't know where this individual is from, but there was a group that participated in it. And I think, again, it's just an important point to remember especially since we are the push for peace station, is that we have a right to demonstrate. You have a right under the Constitution. You have a right under state law to be arrested in acts of nonviolent civil disobedience. But where there's acts of violence against police or anyone else or destruction of property, this disrespects the memory of the people whose, whose lives were lost and who have sparked these protests and also goes against the wishes of the families, the Garner family, the family of Mike Brown. Mike Brown's family was so concerned about the violence in Ferguson. They, Even as they're grieving their son, they were doing public service announcements telling people not to loot, not to burn, not to commit violence. And I think here in New York, where we live in a diverse, a very diverse city, where we pride ourselves on how we're all able to get along, millions of us on a daily basis, we need to really hold ourselves to a higher standard and set an example for the rest of the country and the world. The eyes of the world are on New York City and especially on the youth of New York City right now. So the question is, what message are we sending? What message are we as a city, as a country, you know, what message are we sending? And I think with the protesters, too, it's one of the things that's been an amazing example of progress just in the last two weeks. This was always defined as Noel Leader, who's one of our guests here in studio, has known since he's gone back with us on Street Soldiers to community events where we were saying how you handle yourself when you have encounters to police. This has always been defined in the past as a black community uh, police problem. Now, because of the protests, because of the enormous response across the board, black, white, Latino, Asian, mixed, everything, all age groups, it is now being seen for what it really is, which is an American problem. And this is something we all need to get together and try and solve. So the violence, I think unequivocally, if you are thinking about punching a police officer in the face, as one protester did, you're not helping the cause. You're disrespecting the peaceful protesters and and basically not helping things at all. Mayor de Blasio, very concerned about this. He issued a statement. He said, quote, over the past several days, the people of New York have provided an example to the world on 
how to protest, march, and express themselves in a peaceful and respectful manner. However, an incident today, this was from yesterday, the statement, on the Brooklyn Bridge in which a small group of protesters allegedly assaulted some members of the NYPD marks an ugly and unacceptable departure from demonstrations thus far. Let us be clear. This is Mayor de Blasio talking. There is no place whatsoever for violence of any kind, whether against the police or against our fellow citizens in New York City. So on that note, I want to open the phone lines at 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. And introduce our panel to you. With us is Noel Leader. He's a former NYPD sergeant and co-founder of 100 Blacks in Law Enforcement Who Care. He's also participated in many and led many, many seminars on a volunteer basis in the community to help improve police community relations. Noel, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. We really appreciate it. Also with us is the hip-hop artist, My Son. MySonNYG.com is his website. His new joint is Truth or Truth. You got to check that out. I love the way he ended it. Uh, he said, I uh, can't stop destiny. Got to get what God meant for me. I love that last line that you ended that with. He's also been working with the Justice League, and that's why he's here today. Very concerned about what's happening and also the hip-hop response. My, my son, thank you so much for Thanks being with for us. Thanks for having me. Also with us is Dr. Edgar Tyson. He's a professor at Fordham University. He uses hip-hop to help get youth motivated and socially involved and also knows a lot about mental health issues of juveniles in the criminal justice system. Dr. Tyson, thanks so much for being with us. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. We appreciate it. Also with us is attorney Kenneth Montgomery. He's a former prosecutor with the Brooklyn DA's office, a civil rights attorney, criminal defense attorney, represents the family of Akai Gurley and Kamani Gray and uh, is going to help us with some of these legal issues and other issues. Ken, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having us. We really appreciate it. one 800 222 9797. That's 1 800 223 9797. And Noel, I want to start with you on this. In terms of the protests, how are you seeing what's been happening and what's been unfolding? Uh, so far, I've been very impressed uh, with the not only the persist- consistency, the numbers, the diversity, uh, the focusness of the protesters thus far. It's also encouraging to see not the same old vanguard in charge of the protests. You know, so there's some hope. Uh, because we've had individuals in the past, as you stated, is this an episodic action? You know, there is some hope because those individuals leading the march and participating uh, in the marches are different. Um, so that's encouraging. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's given this problem national and international light, which is good. You know, so that is really the role of a march, just to bring attention to a particular particular issue and i think and that ends they've been they've They've kept the issue on the on the front burner despite all these other things that are happening my son the uh, the question though people are asking and that we we the feedback we kept get keep getting here at hot 97 is people are saying okay the issue's out there everybody knows what the issues are now what comes next (laughs) that's crazy because i just did acapella that i just released called so now what and i believe that you know we have to we have to Along with the marches, we have to strike financial. Like, we have to boycott things. We have to stop. We have to hit the economics because it's historical. That's the only thing that we respect in this country. Unfortunately, it's either that or violence. And I don't condone the violence, but we have to do something to where they realize. Like, when we were marching yesterday, it's just like like a lot of these marches. When you see the marches, 
they dictate where you march so that you don't stop the economic flow. They stop you from going to 34th Street so that the stores can still stay open. They they, they, they lead you this way, just like the, the march in Washington. All of this is, it to me, it gets, at some point, it gets redundant. But what and was the vibe What was the vibe like yesterday? The vibe was beautiful. You, you were, because I saw we the were, Instagram post. Yeah, because we you were, were in the, right in the middle there. of it. We were all out there. Everyone, because everyone wants justice. It's a worldwide issue. I'm watching ages from... 10 to 60 and 70 year old people out there with the same mind state and it's is every color every culture everything everyone is fed up you know at some point it has to change all right dr edward tyson the uh in terms of the mentality of uh, of the youth out there this this is about these cases but it's also about much more yeah, because uh, you know I, I, I work with some uh, some youth in the bronx uh, at the um um the the house of uh, uh, Mott Haven Community High School, which is a, a program there where they use hip hop to to get youth engaged. And one of the things that uh, a young kid told me the other day while I was there at a at a celebration the other night is that you know you told me all the time you know Dr. Tyson to 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 not carry a gat to to not to not do the wrong thing do the right thing but even if when I do that you know I might get hit by a police officer I might get get I might get got so what do I do and and that's the trouble when an authority takes upon that use that power inappropriately because what you do is you sing mixed messages to youth make my job very very much harder because I'm trying to tell them to do the right thing when in fact the authorities are not doing the right thing that's a very conflictual contradictory life to live and, and we're, we're going to talk upset. about some of the solutions about that Kenneth, <clears throat> attorney Kenneth Montgomery civil rights attorney and, and you're close to families of police violence victims the what are your thoughts about where we are in this whole process I, I, I have a, a lot of thoughts um, there's two things that I think people overlook and and i think it it kind of stops us from evolving and doing different things kind of what noel hinted to as well as my son like people forget this american experiment has always been a white supremacist uh nationalistic experiment america was that's what it was intended for and it's really tough to get to solutions because, unfortunately, that makes a lot of Americans uncomfortable. Do you think we're dodging the issue of race Absolutely. that's behind this? And, and that's why we this thing keeps going around the way it is. I think that's why you have certain media outlets and certain ideologies that position themselves and nothing happens. We also forget that these communities that everyone likes to give ideas of what we should be doing were strategically created through state and federal policies by the government and by these corporations who continue to exploit them. And now when you have an, you know, Franz Fanon wrote this book called Wretched of the Earth. Now you really see why they feel the need to come in and police us so heavily. How about, you know, people marching? I'm personally not into the marching. I think it's very predictable uh, for a system that kind of what, what, what my fellow panelists said controls us. How about in the neighborhoods, we started convening and, and, and uh, pulsating and came up with neighborhood patrol groups. So now you minimize, you get uh, ideas of former police officers who care, former law enforcement, guys who've been in and came out. And you come up with a neighborhood patrol group so that you minimize the presence. So that there's something something the equivalent in the community of what we saw at the Garner March in Staten Island where there were marshals from the community who were a buffer between the marchers and the police department. And and not just for that. 
How about all the retired teachers, the teachers who have some spare time, come with mentoring and tutoring programs and apprenticeship programs so that now, because the same mentality in NYPD are like, hey, they're a bunch of animals. Unfortunately, a lot of these teachers... As president of some schools, of the schools. Some are doing an amazing job thing. and others are doing... Exactly. And we know about the racial uh, demographics of the of the school Absolutely. system, which New York City study just came out, one of it's the most racially un- segregated uh, school city. systems in the country. 50% unemployment here. So unless we teach our young men and women how to grow food, how to use their hands, how to do other things, just giving them seasonal jobs... We, we've created a permanent caste system of not we, but we participate or are born in. OK, let me let me bring it back system. to the police. Let me bring in Dr. G- uh, Derek Greenfield. He's a community leader and race relations educator. Dr. Greenfield, what can you tell young men of color and their parents who are very stressed out by this? Well, it's an honor to join you and be with Thank all the you. three soldiers out there. Certainly, we have to go from a, a moment to a movement, a movement of challenging white supremacy, as it was talked about, because we can deal with some of these symptoms, but there's a larger illness of structural racism that feeds down into the kind of policies and practices that justify it. You know, it's kind of like a, a situation where there's an abusive relationship, and it takes time to heal, and it's going to take real work on both sides to be able to have some conversations to uh, help us to be able to grow together. I no, think, first of all, as a community, we need to wrap our arms around uh, black and brown men of color and, and, and black and brown men. And just in general in the community to say, we love you, we believe in you, we support you. And to be vigilant in saying we're going to challenge the police and challenge all educational and institutional officials to look at implicit bias, to look at structural racism, to challenge ourselves to have the real kind of change that's going to be required. We need to go from an at-risk model to an at-success model. This is our young people are brilliant and wonderful. You know, Tamir Rice was gunned down. They thought he was 20 years old. And Philip Goff's research about the way in which black children are adultified and viewed in ways that, that get rid of their innocence. I wanted to ask, I wanted to to ask you at. about that because with the rice, with, with that child, he was described as, ex, as very large. We heard some of the same terminology that's applied with, men, with black men, menacing, the looks, the, that there's nothing from actual behavior that's, that indicates that except from just these, these, stere- these demonization type stereotypes. Absolutely. A dandelion is a weed or a flower, depending how you look at it. And you treat it differently based on that. So to have folks really look at what implicit bias and racism out of filters into our consciousness is going to be real critical. And I'm hoping that the reforms that have been proposed for the police, we want to look at what's the curriculum going to be, who's going to teach it. Is this going to be symbolic or symbiotic, where community leaders are going to have an active voice in shaping that agenda? Right, or if this I, is I just one of these things that go through emotions. We can challenge this and change this as well. All right, thank you so much, Dr. Derek Greenfield. His website is DerekGreenfield.com. Thank you so much. Noel, with the, uh, some of the measures that have been proposed, uh, Commissioner Bratton has talked about this retraining of the NYPD. What do you think of that? I think that's a political theater. Uh, uh, we identify what the problem is. It's not a lack of training. New York City Police Department is the best trained police department in the country. It wasn't training that caused Eric Garner because everyone in the, in the New York City Police Department is trained that chokeholds are prohibited. At the core of all of this is racism, systemic racism that exists within the police department in terms of black and Latino officers and externally. And the police commissioner and the mayor, none of them will will point that out as being the core of the problem. These incidents only happen in one community to one group of people throughout the entire country. It's not training. You can do, write new laws, but there's presently on the book enough laws to You can't change what's in people's minds and hearts. Excuse me? You can't change what's in people's minds exactly, and hearts. Exactly, but you can terminate them, and when they act inappropriately, you go prosecute them and imprison them. All right, let me talk about some other ta- uh, tactics here. Also, I want to bring in uh, Robert Ganji. He's the director of PROP. It's the Police Reform 
organizing project. And Bob, you've been working on this issue for a very long time. Give us a couple of changes you think would improve the situation with the police in the community right now. Um, I think uh, the what has to be attacked are the day-to-day abusive practices of the police that lead inevitably to the kinds of things we saw with the Eric Garner incident. So in New York City, it's called broken windows policing. And what broken windows policing means in New York City is that the uh, police officers, on a regular basis, daily basis, they target low-income people of color, they harass low-income people of color, and they charge and arrest them for engaging in uh, often innocuous incidents. And because of the quota system, because of the pressure on cops, every day to hit their numbers, to make a certain number of stops, to make a certain number of arrests, to issue a certain number of tickets, they at times engage in bogus practices. They'll charge people um, for, uh, for infractions that the people uh, weren't even engaged in. And in the Eric Garner case, that would have been the ninth time they arrested him for selling loose cigarettes. And the evidence is on that day he was not selling loose cigarettes. And at the beginning of the video where you see him hold up his hands and say, this stops today, what Garner's talking about, in effect, what he was talking about, was broken windows policing. Stop harassing me. I'm not a criminal. I'm not a predator. Uh, I'm actually well-regarded in my community. Why aren't you fighting real crime? Why aren't you fighting... Okay, and then, and then, and then, and then Bob, let me just ask you real quick, because um, we, have, we have so many phone, phone sure. calls... Uh, sure, sure. That are uh, the phone lines are just blowing up here. The um, in, in terms of moving forward, what's what do you think is the main thing that needs to happen right now so that there's some something positive comes of all these protests and people's outrage and, and anger and sorrow? Right. I think there has to be pressure. We're talking about New York City directed at the Blasio. Uh, Bill Branton, who's the commission, is not going to back off broken windows policing. It's his brand. It's practically his legacy in law enforcement. The pressure has to be on uh, on on the mayor to direct uh, Bratton and the uh, police officers to take the foot off the pedal. There has to be um, abolishing the quota system, which puts pressure on cops to engage in punitive interactions with uh, people of color every day. And another point is that the kind of things that people of color are arrested for and ticketed for every day have effectively been decriminalized in white prosperous communities. Okay, excellent point. Bob, thank you so much for being with us. It's Bob Ganji. He is the director of PROP. That's the Police Reform Organizing Project. Let me take some phone calls here and all our guests in studio. Please jump in. Let's go uh, go to Abdul from Baltimore. Abdul, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. How you doing, Lisa? All right, how are you? All right, wonderful. Thank you for having us. We're in Baltimore, uh, part of an organization, Baltimore Block. I myself was brutally beat. Um, by Baltimore police in front of 30 neighbors and witnesses um, with my three-year-old son in a van. Um, Two weeks later, um, the same police officers that beat me killed Tyrone West two blocks and two weeks later from my house and from my incident. Internal affairs were called, um, and they were not um, held accountable. In Baltimore, we're fighting legislature. We're fighting uh, the law officers' bill of rights that give these law officers the right and, and, and the accommodations to fix their facts, to fix their stories, and not hold each other accountable. We're also going to fight um, to have the Civilian Review Board on a state level um, have more authority so that they have the teeth to subpoena and or indict these crooked repeat offenders. They often talk about Stephanie Rowland Blake, the man in Baltimore often talks about Anthony Batts, the commissioner, 
talks about repeat offenders as civilians. Well, we want okay, repeat uh, offenders as police officers. the blue to be held accountable Abdul, and transparent. Abdul, I want to thank you so much for calling in. Spread the word about Hot97.com that people in Baltimore can listen to us too. And uh, thank you so much Thank you so much for the thank call. You, we, we appreciate Baltimore Thank you. Lisa. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for calling in. The issue of accountability, Ken Montgomery, he's talking about with the legal system. Is it's, the legal system broken? It, it's, it's horribly broken. It, it was built uh, under uh, several false, uh, you know, theories and ideologies What's very unfortunate and what everyone is really alluding to is, and we're, why we're all frustrated is that the legal system and the law enforcement system is filled with people who have the same mindset and the same experiences. So when you're down at one police plaza and these SATCOM and these meetings where they're discussing crime fighting, but it's really the underlying tone is race. The mentality. And, and, and uh, the, you know, the, the issue is that we're viewed and the perception of us is the problem. So the people that are in play, crime fighting to them in these Manhattan District Attorney's Office and some of these other offices, they've boiled it down to it's these group of people. We're going to attack them. We're going to do it. It's like this the way. enemy, as and opposed to the people they need to protect. Let me just let me just bring in someone who has a very personal knowledge of this right now. Nicole Paltrey Bell. She her fiance Sean Bell was gunned down by police mm. in a hail of fifty bullets in Queens in two thousand and six, the night before they were supposed to be married. And uh, Nicole has been out in the forefront, conducting herself with tremendous dignity under the extreme pressure. In mm. the days following that, when uh, she just saw her life totally change forever. She She's also founded a nonprofit organization called When It's Real, When It's Real is Forever dot org, and uh, she's working to help the youth. And in 2008, three of the five officers who fired at Sean and his friends were tried on criminal charges. There was a trial in state supreme court in Queens, but they were acquitted. Nicole, thank you for being with us again. We appreciate it. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Good morning. How are you feeling about what's happening right now when you see the the Garner case, especially? You know, it's it's like looking in the mirror reflection. We oh, time after time again, we've seen um, these killings by police officers of innocent men. And the Eric Garner's um, case, now we are actually seeing it on video. And there's no indictment. Um, as you said, it with, and with Sean and his friends and the officers who killed Sean, they were indicted. We went to trial. We had a bench trial. There was no jury, just a judge. And solely he made his decision not to convict these police officers. Time after time again, this has happened on the state level. Um, I'm convinced that there is no justice when it comes to the state. The federal government needs to come in on federal charges and make these connections. They need to indict this officer on criminal civil rights violations. And then we need reform. Uh, nationally, national reform that can the, that can help our families from New York all the way to California um, in instances like this. When we lose our loved ones innocently, the cops are the only ones who don't go to jail for killing innocent people, and it's just unfair. We're asking for no one to be held above the law. Not that all police officers are bad, but when you don't deal with those bad apples, it really gives your entire group a bad name. Now, you have held yourself to a very high standard following this terrible tragedy in your life and you've conducted yourself but I want to ask you when you I was looking re, you know reading up on this again last night and the four of the five officers that were involved in the in firing those 50 bullets that killed the love of your life 
the night before you were supposed to be married, the father of your two little girls, they are collecting pensions from the NYPD. They're not cops anymore, but they're getting anywhere from forty to $55,000 a year of taxpayer money for the rest of their life. Does that seem right to you? Absolutely not. I mean, and that's one of the reasons why it's been so important for me to just continue to help um, to help these other families who have been through um, what I've been through because it's it's almost like a complete disrespect as if our lives don't matter. And, you know, okay, well, hey, you know, Sean, he's gone. Eric's gone. Um, let's move on. These lives matter. These are husbands. These are fathers. These are sons. And human beings, not just black men. This is a human issue. This is everyone's issue. Yesterday I attended the Millions March, and myself, along with other family members, we led the march to see the community, the nation, come out in such enormous numbers. It's, it's just a matter of time before our government does something. We can't continue to lose our loved ones like this and no one be held accountable. It's... it's it's just not the way we, as Americans, should have to live. It's completely unfair. And, and until I'm not able to anymore, I'm going to continue to support these families and, and try to rem- keep Sean's name um, in the light because we have to make these connections. From Mrs. Diallo, who was fighting the fight long before Sean was killed, to now, Eric Garner, all of these families are standing together. And we're not asking for... Um, you know, the death penalty. We're not asking for something that's hard. We're asking for some sort of justice. Someone to be held criminally accountable. Something that looks like justice. Something that looks like justice. Nicole, thank you, thank you so much for being with us. We we appreciate it, and uh, we appreciate the strength and the dignity that you've shown throughout this whole thing these many years. Thank you, Lisa. Thank All right, you thank you so much, Nicole Paltre Bell. She is the uh, fiance of Sean Bell. He was. Shot and killed in a hail of 50 police bullets the night before he was supposed to get married to her. Coming out of a club in Queens, bachelor party, no weapon, no crime had been committed. It was a, a very tragic incident. Anyway, we're going get, to get to your telephone calls. Uh, Kadeem, Fred, Mark, Anthony, Angelo, everybody else, hang on the lines. We're going to try to get to your telephone calls after this break and more with our guests. And let me tell you, listen all weekend to win tickets to Ebro in the Morning's VIP Listening Lounge with Nicki Minaj. Ask Nicki questions in an intimate setting as she talks through her new album, The Pink Print. The only way in is to win. Made hot by Cash Money Republic Records, The Pink Print, available in stores December 15th. At Lisa Evers on Twitter, Instagram. Hit me up on my Instagram page, Lisa Evers Live. Hashtag justice, the number four all. We'll be back right after this. If it sizzles and crackles, and comes from the kitchen, it's breakfast. If the aroma wakes you up, it's breakfast. Have breakfast for breakfast. Fresh made from our kitchen. The Egg McMuffin, only from McDonald's. Goes perfect with a fresh brewed cup of McCafe coffee. For a limited time at McDonald's, get any size McCafe coffee for just $1. Made from 100% Arabica beans, it's another way to love McCafe. Prices and participation may vary, a la carte only. Some days you are a conqueror. Look out, world, here I come. Some days you are a survivor. Come on, world, give me your best shot. Some days you just want to crawl back in bed. Hey, world, leave me alone. Fortunately, there is a McDonald's morning egg, sausage, bacon, oatmeal, egg whites, and a great cup of McCafe coffee. There's something for everyone to love at McDonald's. You taste good, world. Start the morning off right with the savory sausage McMuffin with egg sandwich at McDonald's. For a limited time, get two for only $3. Participation may vary. See store for details. 
The holidays are all about family, and Family Dollar is all about saving your family more money this season. Come check out our huge selection of $5 toys, including great brands like Disney, Hasbro, and Mattel. And you're going to love our amazing assortment of stocking stuffers that are priced at only $1, $3, or $5 each. You can always count on Family Dollar for great selection and savings on all of your family's needs right here in your neighborhood. Stop by Family Dollar and save at the holidays and every day. Hi, I'm Joan London. And if you're worried about your parent or a loved one living alone like I was and you want reliable senior care information, then call A Place for Mom, the nation's largest senior living referral service with one phone call, you'll get free information on assisted living, Alzheimer's care, nursing homes, even important financial information. It's a free service, so call now. 800-379-1174. 800-379-1174. So, what brings you and Greg to marriage counseling today? Jake from State Farm. My husband calls him all the time. Two, three in the morning, it doesn't matter. I see. Greg, is this true? Yeah, Jake saves us tons on our insurance, no matter what time it is. He's always there. Mm-hmm. And how much did he save you? Hundreds. Listen, um, can I call this Jake from State Farm? You've got to be kidding me. State Farm is there for you anytime, anywhere. Call 1-800-STATE-FARM or click today. Get to a better state. State Farm. Twas the night of the holiday party when all through the house she was dancing and primping, getting ready to bounce. Her lashes were fierce, her lips bright red, while dashing curls danced round her head. With delightful fragrances from Ulta in hand, perfume for her besties, and cologne for her man, she sprang to her feet, slipped on her heels, and to the party she went with the best fragrance deals. With all things beauty all in one place, Ulta has the perfect fragrance for everyone on your list. Get a luxury bathrobe free with any $40 fragrance purchase while supplies last. Ulta Beauty, gift gorgeously. There are all kinds of holiday gifts. Is it a screwdriver? Is it a coffee mug? New Jersey Lottery Holiday Instant Games have prizes up to $1 million, so you could give something awesome. Is it a giant flat-screen TV? (gasps) Is it a beach house in Cape May? Why give pajamas when you could give them what they really want with Holiday Instant Games from the New Jersey Lottery? Must be 18 or older to buy a lottery ticket. Please play responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This holiday season, buy $25 in Buffalo Wild Wings gift cards good for a future visit and get a $5 blazing bonus. What if everything you bought came with a bonus? As a thank you for buying a pair of our shoes, we're going to give you a bonus shoe. Uh, just one shoe. Yep, the left one. Yeah, I'm good. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. Promotion begins November 24, 2014. Valid in restaurant at participating locations only for a limited time while supplies last. Certain terms and conditions may apply. Walgreens understands that sometimes you need a holiday gift and you just don't have any time to waste. That's why we make it easy to get thoughtful gifts and stocking stuffers like premium chocolates, gift cards, beauty items, and more. Plus, we're right around the corner. And with most stores open till midnight, you can get in and out with the gifts you need, even late. Walgreens, at the corner of happy and healthy. So I was talking to a buddy of mine who's on the NYPD, right? And he told me to check out nypdrecruit.com. So I did. Awesome benefits, lots of chances to move up in the ranks, and an excellent salary. And I can take the exam six days a week. It's that easy. I went down to one of the New York City testing centers and took the exam, and now I'm looking forward to a great opportunity with the NYPD. Take the NYPD exam offered six days a week. Visit nypdrecruit.com or call 212-RECRUIT for current test schedules and filing fee information. 
The NYPD is an equal opportunity employer. Yo, what up? It's a game, and it's the Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people. Only on Hot 9-7. Now what? They killed that boy. Mama lost her son. You can't feel that void. Everybody's still talking. Kill that noise, because ain't nobody going to do nothing. Yeah, y'all going to march and burn down stores owned by people with faces that look like yours. But y'all ain't really ready to take them to war. Ain't willing to kill or die for the cause. So now what? Some of y'all march with King. Was there when he got murdered and ain't do a thing. Seen him kill Malcolm X. Heard the gun when they shot it. Probably was the one who yelled, get your hand out my pocket. They beat mm. Rodney King, killed Sean Bell, and nobody spent one single night in the cell. The system failed. So how could you trust a government with laws that wasn't designed for us? So now what? We gonna protest, march down streets, picket and scream for a couple of weeks, then go right back to sleep, playing the lottery. Spending dollars out of our community to support their economy. They probably gonna kill another baby before this is done. Unarmed, but swear to God that he saw a gun. So now what? I say we boycott, destroy the economy, disobey unjust laws because they don't apply to me. The solar UEP and Malcolm X is inside of me. You'll never see change. You ain't willing to die to see. All right, and that's... uh that's that's called So Now What by my son. He's here with us in studio, hip-hop artist, using his art to express the feelings of many people. Right now, my son, thank you so much for being with us. We thank really you for really, really me, appreciate it. And do you have that up on mysonnyg.com? Yes, it's, it's on my YouTube channel, My Son NY General YouTube. You can go there and get it. it you know, it's it's everywhere. It just I, I just I wrote that immediately when when I heard the, that they weren't indicting the police. I was like I couldn't believe it. I'm like the world watched murder. There's nothing else to call it. The world visualized. You can't tell us you're not going to put your hand in the sky and say that it's green and we don't see what we see. We visually seen murder. And for you to say, not even say that he's not guilty of it after he going through the due process laws that you say that we all accustomed, we all, you know, we afforded. But you're saying that he's, you don't even see enough evidence for him to be charged with a crime. Wow. Like that's the that is the the most heinous thing I have ever heard. Well, that's something that a lot of people are asking about in a, a poll that just came out this week by one of the most reputable polling companies. Two thirds of New Yorkers, people in New York State, believe that the Eric Garner decision of the grand jury there was completely wrong. But joining us in studio, let me reintroduce in case you're just joining us, Noel Leader, former NYPD sergeant, co-founder of 100 Blacks in Law Enforcement Who Care. That was just my son, who you heard, and that's his acapella. So now what you can. Hear it again on mysonnyg.com and on his YouTube uh, channel, My Son New York General. Dr. Edgar Tyson, associate professor, Fordham University, uses hip-hop, works with our youth in ju- uh, juvenile and criminal justice systems. Uh, Kenneth Montgomery, civil rights attorney, criminal defense attorney, represents the family of Akai Gurley and Kamani Gray. And let me just bring in, speaking of hip-hop, let me just bring in FDA Music um, from Houston, Texas. Fadi, thank you so much for calling in. We appreciate it. Hi, Lisa. How are you? All right. How are you doing? Good, good. Thank you. All right. Now, I just want to let all your fans know in New, in New York here, you got a new single, I Know It. But the reason I wanted to have you on the show was I wanted to ask you how people are feeling in Houston about everything that's going on, what the vibe is. 
I mean, really, the vibe is like everybody's feeling. You know, uh, it's. I believe. You know, we believe it's a racism thing as usual. Um, over here, we get the same heat in Houston. Um, you know, the funny thing about it is uh, when I first came to America from Lebanon, um, I was born in Saudi Arabia. Uh, we put white Caucasian because uh, I remember getting pulled over once and a cop saw my ID. Saw my name was Fadi Abuafsi. He was really nice in the beginning. Once he realized I was Arab, he started being really, really rude, you know? Um, I mean, it's just, it's, it's all a racism thing, you know? It's, uh, it, people weren't raised right, the cops weren't raised right, you know? And I feel that, uh, even in Lebanon, we, we, people get shot every day and people just walk on like nothing happened you know what i mean yeah and i think i think this time people are feeling like like something has to happen and there needs to be needs to be some real progress there has to be exactly but you know with every cause there's effect with every uh every time you know uh, a march can turn into a riot you know what i mean um you know we we can keep as people standing up for ourselves but it's not always going to work out. No, I know, and, uh, and we're, it, could we're get, it, could, it could get worse. Well, let's hope I mean? it, let's hope it doesn't get worse. And we're we're trying to talk about some solutions here and what what some of the real issues are. FDA music from Houston. Thanks for checking in. We appreciate it. No problem. Thank all, you. All right, take care. And on Instagram, the Instagram page, Lisa Evers live on the gram. Uh, Chase says, "I second my son. They won't understand until you hit their pockets." McLean Shelton, thanks for for listening, tuning in. Twenty eighth century man, big four 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 four. Sonia Davy, everybody else on uh, Instagram, thank you so much for 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 listening. In in terms of the racism issue, this is this the issue that people don't want to talk about, Doctor Tyson. Of course it is. It's, it's, it's been mentioned by men, everybody I've talked to, most people here in the studio. It's not a secret. And the whole mentality needs to change. But that's a long, long way away. And that's going to take a long. What we can do immediately is change some policies. I like what happened in Wisconsin, where when a white, wealthy person's son was killed by a police officer, what he did was he put his money behind a, a movement where they had to change the law in Wisconsin where when a police officer kills a person, immediately an independent investigator is pulled in. The, 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 in, the prosecutor on in that county cannot bring that trace to the case to the ground. Right, like jury. we saw in Ferguson, like we saw in Staten Island. The right. Ken Montgomery, you were a former prosecutor. What do you think about this idea people are talking about, a totally independent special prosecutor that handles these police cases? Do you think um, that's... A- I think that needs to be thought out. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit. Um, who are you going to pull the, the independent investigator from? Is it going to be the, the political party that's in charge at that moment? Because once you start doing Like how that, independent is the independent yeah, prosecutor going to be? How, how about we make the people who are responsible do their job? Um, I mean, I, I wasn't surprised about the verdict, uh, the grand jury's no true bill in Staten Island. I think if you're in the legal community in New York, you understand that the citizens of Staten Island did not put Dan Donovan in there to indict cops. <coughs> and no way he was going to do that. That's why in the presentation there was no reckless endangerment on there. And people don't understand the concept of a grand jury. You can indict a ham sandwich, but that becomes different when that piece of ham is a police officer. Do you think uh, last week uh, one of another former Brooklyn prosecutor, Charles Coleman, was on the show talking about maybe there needs to be a new law where there is a, a, some sort of charge when somebody dies as a result of 
you know, professional activity like a police officer. The, the, what do you think about that? The, the problem with the police is what people got to understand. The police and the district attorney's office have a symbiotic relationship. They work very closely together and they like each other and they like to be comfortable amongst each other. Unlike any other defendant, any of us on this panel, we go outside and we get in trouble and if something happens, the grand jury is going to be presented in a one-sided fashion. When it's a police officer, the prosecutors from here to Ferguson, they almost put in the defense right. of the police officer. Exactly. And that is what's going on here. And no one is, wants to talk about that. Right. About the about what kind of case. And since it's secret, yes. well, New York, it's secret. Yes. We Listen, don't know how aggressive or how thorough or. As a former prosecutor, I had cases where a supervisor would say, Ken, this case sucks. Blow it out. Mm. And as a DA, you would go in there and you use your charm and you would marshal the evidence in such a way where the grand jurors don't. Indict. And you paint the picture that, you know, is going to get yeah. that kind of result. Yes. All right. Let's take a phone call. Let's go to Mark from Brooklyn. Mark, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hi. How are you doing this, this morning? Fine. Thank I, you. I, I like to um, address the fact that these police officers are not police officers. They're citizens on patrol. So they don't really have that m more rights than you do. Well, I think so, legally, though, but I think legally, though, they have a different kind of responsibility. Noel Leader, you were in the NYPD, former sergeant. Um, this week, Eric Adams, a borough, Brooklyn Borough president, former NYPD captain, was telling Anderson Cooper that he, even as a police officer and as, an, as a black man, he found himself being kind of getting into that blue mentality where he's seeing young black men as suspects mm. just because of the overwhelming radio calls and being in that kind of environment. Does your attitude as a, as a African-American man or man of color change when you put on that blue uniform? Oh, well, it really shouldn't. I'm kind of surprised that uh, politician Eric Adams, uh, you know, had those kind of inclinations. I was intelligent enough to always make a distinction between not a black criminal. It may be a criminal who just so happened to be black. Um, I, you know, just because you get descriptions or you work in certain communities where a small segment of that community is engaged in criminal activity, I never generalize. I was intelligent enough always to make a distinction not to blame any black man. Now, some people do make that, uh, uh, you know, assumption. You know, both within our community and without our community. But that should never happen to a police officer. You're focused on individuals engaged, not because of their race, but on their actions. And that makes an individual criminal. What about the police officers? And there's there's many police officers I want to point out, too, who are doing an excellent job. Mm -hmm. Police officers of all races. How do you think they're feeling now? Well, hopefully they, they don't feel too happy with this um, this decision by the uh, district attorney's failure to get an indictment because it's, it's clear, as was stated, this is on video. Everyone's seen this individual utilize a prohibited practice which caused the death of an individual who who may have uh, uh, resisted arrest, but it was a passive resistance. He at no time struck the officer, pushed the officer, fought the officer. You know, he just articulated his refusal and not wanting to be arrested. So... All officers should be angry at that, but I'm not. I'm not certain the overwhelming majority of officers do disagree with the decision. My son, what about the uh, the way the the stress that comes? Because you've been on the streets, you've also done time, mm -hmm. you've been focusing on your uh, on your career, on your music career since you've been home. But what about the what about the stress when when you're not? Let's talk about when you know you're not doing something wrong. You know, when you're just going about your business. Well, at the end of the day, you know, I was convicted of a crime that I never committed, so. I lost faith in the justice system a long time ago. You know, I did seven years for a crime that I never committed. So these things 
after sitting in prison and, and hearing these same stories and seeing so many people and a lot of people that I, I spend time with doing 20 years and then they finding out they never were doing this and then it's just, I'm, I'm sorry, like, and it, it goes back to with the broken windows situation. It's that in our communities, we are assumed guilty until proven innocent. And it's very hard to be proven innocent when you don't have finances. And and this is our problem in our communities. It's stressful. You send your kids outside. You don't know if they're coming home. I was locked up on the street because somebody said I fit a description. When we always fit the description, you look like every other black boy to them. And it's 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 sad. It's stressful. It's stressful to grow up in a community when you know this is your reality. When you know that the prison system is built is based off your. Your community, they build the prisons based off what goes on in low-income communities. They are they bet they they build these jails, saying in the next ten years these children will end up going to jail. Doctor Tyson, the uh, conversation that parents have with their children, Mayor De Blasio took a lot of heat, but he stood by his position when he, as a white male, as the leader of as the the mayor of the biggest city in the country, said, "I have to tell my biracial son who's going to be perceived as a young man of color." That he how he needs to behave and conduct himself when he's confronted by police. What is that like for a parent, for a father to have to do? Very, very stressful. And I mean, that hit home for me because my 13 year old son called me the other day who lives in Miami right after the verdict came down. And, you know, he said the same thing. He said, Pop, you always tell me to do the right thing. And now what? If I do the right thing, I still could get in trouble. And so what do I do? And I tried to tell him. You know, I tell this out to every young man. Go about your life. You live your life. You can't. I know it's difficult, but you can't live your life afraid of what might happen. Try to do the right thing. And eventually, hopefully, I mean, that's all I can have is hope. I can have hope that eventually we're going to change laws. Um, what I like, though, is is that the energy right now in the underground hip hop community, there's a lot of brothers like Masan and other brothers. Now, I'm a little upset with the mainstream hip hop is like, let's say, you know, Jay-Z. I got love for, a lot of love for Jay-Z. Don't get me wrong. But when he met with, you know, the, the, the governor the other day, what he should have said was we need to change our laws because he had a voice at that time. I, he had he had his ear at that time. And Diddy did Diddy did a great, uh, great piece on Instagram that got a lot of focus, too, where he was talking about how he feels feels afraid of the police how he felt very stressed out a very emotional instagram post which well, a, lot of, pe- a lot of a lot of people they, appreciated that they that. spoke out and j cole we've seen at the protest i mean Absolutely. he was one of the first artists That's what I'm talking he about. came out with that you know came out with the song uh right after the right after the michael brown incident and yeah, uh yeah. use it using their voice let me try to squeeze in one go more ahead, uh, phone call here let's go to um chris from long island chris hi you're on hot 97 go right ahead Hey, what's going on? Yeah, I'm, I hear everybody talking about change, you know, ever since, like, uh, uh, way back when, when Obama decided to run for office. And, you know, I'm of Arab descent. And I understand where everybody's coming from with this whole racial, racial issue. Because after 9-11, I understand. You know, I was targeted, um, not ver- you know, not physically, but verbally. People kept on asking me if I was a terrorist, this type of shit. Okay, you know, well, I, well, I, gotta, I gotta let you go. We gotta watch the... Uh Gotta watch, watch, watch the language here. And actually, we're just a, we're just about out of time. Real quick, Noel Leader, what needs? What's one thing that could be done that somebody could do? Well, organize, organize, organize. Kwame Toure said that we have to eliminate the old vanguard who 
uh, now, as far as I'm concerned, on the payroll, you know, I'm, I'm talking <laughs> about the Sharptons, the NAACPs, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. the Urban Leagues. Uh, no, they can assist because they have very much intelligence. But we need this new young energy that's out there. We need them to, to organize uh, our youth and organize our community and take this movement to another level. Okay, Dr. Tyson, what do, what do you think about that, that new energy? Because the New York March was a lot bigger than the Washington. Yeah, there was about 30,000 strong out there on Saturday. I say At 50, least. what they say. You say 50? Well, it's always... It's always a number. Let's just say. Let's just say a lot. They shut it down. Ken Montgomery. What's one thing that can happen to change? People need to pulsate within their community. I think our youth need to turn their back to mainstream America. I think we need to build build critical thinkers and, like I said, mentoring uh, apprenticeship programs, focus groups in our community before we get out here and showing our pain and crying for the camera and doing that. I, I, I honestly think we need to paint a different paradigm for our children. All right, and my son, I'm going to give you the last word here as the hip-hop artist on the panel. I just think us as artists, us as men, us as black men in America, we have to use our platforms and our voices. I love Diddy, I love Jay, but they need to be out here marching with us. They need to make people feel uncomfortable. They need to show these fans that they have worldwide, that they're willing to stand on the front line and take heat, take criticism, make sponsors uncomfortable. People have to lose money. Right. We, some, we might have to go to jail like Marlon the king did just to get to get to build this to people see that we're not going away and we're not going to stop and we're not just doing it for the cameras all right thank you thank you all so much for being with us and if you want to hear uh uh, my son's song that we just played earlier so now what you can get it on his um website mysonnyg.com or his youtube channel my son new york general i want to thank all of our guests for being with us and i want to give you a heads up next sunday we're going to be continuing this discussion um if there's events that happen during the week that warrant it if not we're going to be talking about the Bill Cosby situation and not so much about him but the drinking, drugging and raping that is going on a lot. There's a lot of women, a lot of young women. It happens in clubs. It's happening to a lot of girls. It's happening to girls who, you know, who think they're they're you know making a move and with somebody who's powerful and this happens or just with some guy. So if you've been in a situation where you're at a club, or you're at a party, you're at an event, and you feel somebody slipped something into your drink or that they took advantage of you, we want to hear from you. Hit me up, Lisa at hot97.com. That's Lisa at hot97.com, or hit up Tone, our produ- executive producer tone capone tone the number four real at gmail.com tone the number four real at gmail.com this episode of street soldiers was made hot for you by fun fusion like fun fusions page and enter to win a fun fusion staycation with one night hotel stay and two hundred dollars towards gaming credits to game all day long we thank them for sponsoring the show and i gotta thank everybody here at hot nine hot 97 our program director skip dillard our music director uh, tt torres digital director Jeffrey Thacker, our board op digital assistant, the one and only TJ, board op assistants from the one and only Michael Medium. we got to shout him out. You know, he's always here helping us out. Executive producer Tone Capone. See how I check what, check on that? Executive producer Tone Capone. He runs this. You know that. And uh, our associate producer, phone op, the one and only Rose D. So I want to thank you all very, very much for your help. Instagram, Lisa Evers Live, Twitter, at Lisa Evers. Listen to this and previous shows, LisaEvers.com. You can see my Fox 5 videos there. I'll be on Fox tonight at 10 p.m. Email Tone, Tone, the number four real, at gmail.com or Lisa at Hot97.com. Have a great week, everybody. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. I'm Lisa Evers. Push for peace. This is acapella singing. And this is invigorated acapella singing. 
Just like invigorated acapella singing, BP Gasoline with Invigorate can give you more. When used continuously, it helps clean and protect critical engine parts from harmful deposits. So your car can go a little farther between fill-ups when compared to a dirty engine. For more details, visit mybpstation.com.